This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. tonight? I love you too. Thank you. Very nice of you. Everybody having a good day so far? Here a couple no's. That's always stinks. So as you can see, we do not have any music tonight. We are just going to do a message and then we're going to move into the rec room, there's archery tags set up, we'll have some other stuff in there, popcorn, board games, nine square, all that good stuff. And we're just going to hang out and have a good time tonight. But first, we're going to talk about this last week of this series of what I really want. Sound good? Sure. Why not, right? So, has anybody, and I'm sure you have, but have you heard the phrase, like, every man for himself? Right, or... Maybe you just heard, like, everybody for themselves. It's this, it's this idea that when there's something that everybody wants or there's something that's in super high demand that nobody plays nice anymore because you just want to get that. It's you do what you have to do to get what you want. It's kind of like going to the shopping mall on Christmas or during Black Friday or something like that and you're trying to find a parking spot, and you pull in, and, and no one practices generosity or anything kind when there's only one parking spot left, and there's five cars racing to get to it, or you get in the mall, and there's one TV that's on sale left, and everybody's running for it. Like, it's every person for themselves. Nobody cares. You're just doing your own thing. Or maybe you've experienced it whenever you you know that there's only like five minutes left until McDonald's stops serving their breakfast, and you really, really know what you want. You know that you want that, that bagel, egg and cheese, or whatever it is, and you know they don't have many left. They're about to stop selling them, about to quit making them, and you have absolutely no problem at all cutting that grandma off to get into the drive through lane or whatever it is that you're doing to get your food. Because it's everyone for themselves. So we, we all know what it feels like to be an every person for themselves type of situation. We know the situations that we've been in where you feel like you have to fight for yourself. And in a lot of ways, like middle school and high school and just those years in general, they can feel like that. They feel like you're fighting for yourself. 
couple examples, you know, maybe you and your friend, you like the same person. You both have that boy or girl that you really, really like, so you go to ridiculous lengths to get your crush's attention. You do whatever you can to get their attention because it's every person for themselves. You don't care if you have to put your friend down. You don't care if you have to go behind their back because you just want that person to like you. Or maybe you fight for seats in the cafeteria because you're desperate to sit next to a certain person. Or maybe you fight for starting spots on the team or starting roles in the upcoming play. Or maybe you fight with your siblings, your step-siblings, for, for the remote, for the car, for that last slice of pizza. Whatever it is, sometimes it can feel like all you do is fight for yourself. Sometimes it feels like all you do is fight for yourself. Because if you don't fight for yourself, it feels like who else will? No one else is going to fight for me, so I have to do it. And for the past few weeks, we have been talking about something that we all really want in life. We all really want freedom, however that looks. We want to be free from from worrying about what everybody thinks about us. We want to be free from the consequences of bad decisions in our life. We want to be free from, from worry or from stress. And the problem is, is that sometimes in our life, it feels like we are in the exact opposite place. The exact opposite is true for us. Like rules feel like a prison we feel like we're always wrapped up in what other people think of us. And sometimes we just feel stuck in the consequences of our own choices. And because of all that, it can often feel like that even though freedom is what we really want, that it's something that we can never have. It's something that we can't really have. Like, how can we feel free when we're constantly having to watch our backs or look out for ourselves or fight for our place in this world. See, it's easy for us to keep tabs on how we measure up to other people, how we measure up to people around us and where we fall in the ranks. See, in that, that's not freedom at all. That's not freedom at all. It's if it's freedom that's decided by other people, then it usually feels more like a trap that we're in, like a trap or like we're being controlled at all times. But the question is, is what if there's a different way for us to look at freedom? What if there's a different way? And in this series, we have been exploring a letter in the Bible that was all about freedom. In this letter, this letter was written by the Apostle Paul, who wrote to a church in the region of Galatia. And the thing that is super important to remember is that behind each letter that we see in the New Testament, it was written to a distinct group of Jesus followers. These is real people it's being written to. See, these were, these were communities who were found all over the known world at that time, and they were facing challenges that were unique to them and unique to the people who made up those regions. So when we read these letters and whenever we hear about them and we hear sermons about them, we need to remember that we are looking at letters that were written by a real person, written to a real group of people. 
Like we are observers in this and we get to learn from this thing. So Paul helped start a church in a place called Galatia. And everything he taught was based off of this one sole idea. It was taught on the message that Jesus came to reveal that what God was like. So the message was that because God was good, because God was loving, forgiving, and desired to be close to us, that there was no longer any reason for us to follow some specific, strict, like Jewish laws to prove anything to God. We didn't have anything to prove to God. But there was this really big problem that happened. A group of teachers, they showed up in Galatia after Paul had left, and their message was completely different than what Paul had said. It was the opposite. These teachers believed that there were certain commands from the Jewish law that needed to be obeyed in order for the Galatians to be considered followers of Jesus. And Paul wasn't happy at all about this. For one thing, Paul's authority was being challenged, but even more than that, Paul was extremely passionate about the message of Jesus. And a big part of what Paul was so passionate about was, was the freedom that following Jesus provided, this freedom that he offered us. But these, che- these teachers, they were not preaching a message of freedom at all. It was the opposite of freedom. They were preaching a message that it focused on following certain rules to get right with God. So Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians with this whole controversy in mind. See, this tension is in, it's in the backdrop to everything that he says because Paul knew how much was, was riding on this idea, how much was riding on us getting it right, us understanding what Jesus did whenever he came to earth. So Paul knew that if you let yourself begin to think that you need to work for God's love, that you need to work for his acceptance and work for his grace, then you're completely missing the whole point of why Jesus came. He came to tell us that we didn't need to earn any of it. We didn't need to earn anything. We didn't need to earn God's love, acceptance, and grace. And those things were already ours because of what Jesus did. And not only that, Paul knew that if we believed this to be true about God, that it would affect the way that we saw other people in the world. It would affect everything that played out in our life. Because when you start to see yourself as needing to earn God's love and grace, then you start to see other people that need to do the same thing. You start competing with the people around you. And before long, you start living this life that it's, it's, it's for every other person, and it's not, it's for every person, and it's not just for you and your relationship with God. It's every person and themselves. You're doing it all for you. Let's listen to what, what Paul says about this in Galatians 5, 13. He says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, Use your freedom to serve one another in love. In other words, Paul's saying that your freedom, it isn't just about you. It's not just about you. How you use your freedom, it affects other people in your life. See, Paul pushes the message of freedom over and over and over again. He's he's determined to make sure 
the Galatians don't forget this. But he also knows that there's a temptation that we all face when we take our freedom and abuse it. When we use it to just benefit ourselves, to improve our standing or to make ourselves look the best and to operate like it's every person for themselves. So there's, there's an alternative, but what does that look like? See, Paul would say this. Paul would say, use your freedom to serve one another in love. In fact, Paul goes on to say this in Galatians 5.14. For the whole of the law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And remember, Paul is writing to this group of people who were just told that the law was for them to obey. And they had to obey each and every law to actually be followers of Jesus. And so Paul, he puts it like this. He puts it all on the table and he says, you say that there are more laws that they need to obey. You say that there are more things that they need to do. And I say that the whole law, everything together can be summed up with just loving each other. See, Paul was doing more than just like creating this mic drop moment that would, that would shock them. He really and truly believed that the whole law was summed up in that one command to love each other, to love your neighbor as yourself. And the reason why he believed this and, and why he knew it was true is he was actually taking this cue directly from Jesus who said this in John 15, 12. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. See, Paul wasn't just trying to help the Galatians like believe some point that he thought was true or some idea that he thought was great. He was actually reinforcing this mo one of the most important teachings that Jesus ever gave. See, but Paul had even more guidance for the Galatians. He goes on to say, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. See, it's as if Paul is telling them, he's telling them that there's more than just one line in their freedom. It's more than just their freedom. See, the well-being of other people is on the line. It's not just you that's on the line. Other people are involved in your life. And whenever you're using your freedom to only better yourself, you're going to hurt other people. See, when we use our freedom to be selfish, other people don't get the things that they need in life. When we use our freedom to just say whatever we want, then we hurt others. When we begin to live in a way where it's every person for themselves, that's dangerous. That's really, really dangerous. See, the thing about freedom is that you can use it for anything in your life. You can use freedom for absolutely anything. The choice is yours, literally. Like, that's the whole point. Your freedom, you get to use it how you want. You can use it to love people, or you can use it to hurt people. See, Paul is telling us that our standing before God, the way God sees us and feels about us, it isn't at risk because of our behavior. But that doesn't mean that the way we use our freedom doesn't have consequences in our life. So sure, you may be free to talk about others and the things that bother you, annoy you, and make you angry. You may be free to judge the good or bad behavior of others. 
You may be free to, to tear each other down, bringing attention to the way others are doing it wrong and you're doing it right. You may be free to make fun of each other and to laugh at each other and put each other down. But there are consequences in this life. It will cost you and it will cost other people too. Eventually it will do what Paul says and it will destroy you and it will destroy others. Because this every person for themselves type of living, it causes you to tear others down and to make yourself look better. Ultimately, you, you hurt others, and you hurt your ability to love others. See, your freedom is connected to their freedom. And real freedom is found in loving each other. That's what real freedom looks like. So believe me when I tell you that you don't want to live in a world where nobody's looking out for others, it's everybody for themselves, and it's just me, me, me. And you can use your freedom for something way better than that. Think of it this way. You're not just free from, but you're free for. You're free for others. You're free for others and their good. You can live in this freedom that Jesus gave you, and you can use your freedom to love other people. You can put an end to this everyone-for-themselves way of life. And, like, we have to do that. If you're tired of living in a world where everybody's looking out for themselves, then we have to be the ones to spark that trail. Because of that, we need, we need to spend some time asking ourselves this question. Am I using my freedom to put others first? Instead of fending for myself, how can I fend for others? See, this goes against our natural instinct in life. See, that's why Paul says living this kind of freedom comes from God and God alone. See, putting others first isn't easy because it feels completely backwards to everything that we see. But that is what God wants for us. And that's where we're going to find real freedom. Freedom from the drive to be perfect. Freedom from trying to win the approval of others all the time. Freedom from fighting to just put ourselves first. Instead, we can use our freedom for others. See, there are so many great examples throughout history of, of people who have done this very thing, who have used their freedom to help other people. But I want to show you just one example of someone who is using their freedom for others right now. Check out this story. This is Henok Brahanu. I am the founder and CEO of Care 117, and we're located in Ethiopia. For those of you who don't know where Ethiopia it is, it is found in the continent of Africa. And I'm currently standing in a K-117 compound. So let me share a little bit of my story with you. So my mom was 16 when she had me and she escaped an arranged marriage, come to the city looking for a job and looking for opportunities. And because she did not have any education, it was impossible for her to find a job. Not having education is, is a very common thing uh, for women or for girls in Ethiopia because usually the parents do not have the resources uh, to send their kids to school. Because she did not have any educational background, and also because she didn't have skills, um, and, and more importantly, because she was 16 and she escaped an arranged marriage, like I said, came to a city where she has no idea how things work or how things are, she really found it hard to find a job and to support uh, me and her. 
uh, and because of that, it was really hard for her. There was a lot of times we could not uh, put food on the table or where she could not uh, pay rent and we had to be kicked out of a lot of houses and we had to look up to other people uh, and, and ask for help, uh, you know, to pay our rent or, or, or to put food on, food on the table. So basically we did not have any uh, financial freedom or the freedom to choose uh, how we want to live and, and to choose what we want to do with our lives. My mom is, is my hero. She worked so hard and she worked so much to provide for her family. And, and, I, and going back, uh, I think if there was anybody that, that could actually give her a chance, I think she could have done much more and achieved much more. So as I get older, I realize that my mom's story was a very common story uh, uh, in my country. Um, and I also learned that women are usually forced uh, to give up their child and to drop their kids at an orphanage uh, because there was simply no way that they could provide uh, for their child. So that is when I decided that no woman should go through my mom went through and no woman should go through the pain of dropping her child at an orphanage and losing her child and letting somebody else uh, raise uh, uh, her child. So that is when I decided to invest my life into starting an organization like Carry 117 that empowers women, that prevents orphans and that puts families together. All right, guys. So let me take you inside and show you what's going on. It. Come on. So this is where everything is happening. Um, this is where we teach them how to cut. Over there is, uh, is the cutting area, and over here uh, is, is the preparing area, and these are our sores. So we teach them how to cut, how to measure, how to sew, everything that they need to know into how to make these beautiful bags. So guys, because, because these women earn a paycheck, they don't have to worry about sending their kids to an orphanage. They don't have to worry about putting food on the table. They don't have to worry about uh, paying for their rent and getting kicked out of the house. So this is basically what Care 117 does. At some point in our lives, we each get to choose on how we use our freedom and where to invest our life in. And you know what? I am so glad I got to choose this. It's pretty encouraging to see an example of, of someone who's using their freedom for, for the good of other people. And it, it may look different for all of us, but, but we can do the same thing in our lives. We can use our freedom for the good of other people. Just try it this week. Try putting the needs of someone else above your own. See, we have absolutely nothing to prove. That's what Jesus came to show us, is that we don't have anything to prove. So we don't have to look out for ourselves because he's got us. We can look out for others. See, that is what real freedom looks like. So let them get in front of you, you know, in the lunch line and, and get the last serving of nachos or whatever it is. Let them get the praise for the school project whenever we get back to school. Let them take the role in the school play this year. Let them have what they need because we already have what we need. Maybe let's make this school year look different. As we go back to school, let's think about how we can make it to where we are living for the freedom of the people around us. We're not there just fending for ourselves, but we're there to fend for others. So you were given freedom, not so you've been free to get something from others, but to do something for them. See, that's how we should love. That's how we should live. That's how 
we practice freedom. So what do you think would happen in, in your schools this year? Or your family? Or your friend group? If you decided to use your freedom to lift one another up? Not to put each other down. Not to make yourself stand out above everybody, above the rest. But to be for each other and not look for a way to just take from each other. See, when you put others first, it's going to change their world. But also, it's going to change the entire world. And who knows, it may just do that. It may just change the world by you putting others first. And I think that's exactly what Jesus had in mind for us. So today, I want you to choose to make it your mission to use your freedom to live differently and to treat others differently. Remember that you're not just free from, but you're free for. Free for the good of other people. So just try it, and you may be surprised to just see how it all works out in your life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus here to give us an example of what your love looks like, but also to set us free. I pray that each and every one would know just how much you love us and that we don't have to try and put ourselves first. We don't have to be an everybody-for-themselves type of culture. That we can be people who are looking out for the good of others, that are using our freedom to love other people. So help us to do that. Help us to love other people well. Help us to love people the way that you wanted us to. Help us to use our freedom to make this world a better place, not just to make whatever's better for us, not just to lift ourselves up, but to lift each other up, to live in a community where we know that we have each other's back. And we know that that person is not going to backstab us, is not going to do anything to put us down, but they're just going to love us and, and help bring us up, Lord. I pray that you'd give us the confidence to live in your love and to show people who you are. We pray this all in your name. Amen.